Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Friday morning, September 30th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. Um, This podcast is dedicated to the public reading of the Word of God, along with prayers and devotions, and and sometimes my input um, on the times we're going through, um, and hopefully it will be shaped from a biblical worldview. Um, Our prayers are going to be from the Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers, and our devotions are from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening that he wrote back in the 19th century. Um, Our Bible reading is going to be from the Legacy Standard Bible, the Legacy Standard Bible. Um, That is a new translation from um, its base is from the New American Standard Bible, the 1995 edition, not the 2020. Um, And reason we're reading through it is because it is at this time the most texturally accurate um, translation of the uh, of the documents we have, of the original documents we have. Um, the links for everything I'm going to read, as well as links where you can acquire the hard copies of these resources I'm reading from, and I would definitely encourage you to get them, are going to be in the show notes. Um, full confession, I do not have a hard copy of the Legacy Standard Bible yet. Um, as I've said many, many times on this podcast already, <clears throat> which seems weird because I've not been doing it that long, but considering I've done I think this is episode 31, this is episode 31, um, because I've been trying to do them daily. Um, and like I said, as I've said many times, my wife and I are still trying to figure out which one we want to get, um, for our household. So which, which, you know, which cover, which paper, whichever, whatever, what, what we want to invest in for it. Um, but again, I would definitely recommend that you get the hard copies of these things. Um, I would also want to remind you uh, we need to be praying for those that are in the path of Hurricane Ian um, as it's now cleared the Florida coast and is is strengthening. And last I saw, and this was last night, I honestly haven't checked it this morning, um, was supposed to be turning back in. And last I saw, target was it was going to swing back in and hit Charleston. Now, I don't know if that's changed overnight, so please forgive me if I'm, if I'm a little incorrect there because I, I don't know. But again, Anyways, the, the the understanding was it's going to swing back in and hit the East Coast again. Um, so we definitely need to be praying for all of those that have already been impacted um, and will be impacted. Um, I mean, if, if you've watched any kind of news, you can't help but see pictures of what's happened, um, particularly where it initially made landfall um, around Fort Myers and places like that, um, Punta Gorda, Florida on the Florida West coast. Um, it was, I, I I mean, super thick slabs of concrete snapped in half. Um, boats piled on top of each other, all piled on land, not in water anymore. Um, you name it. Um, it's just been brutal. And, um, people who are just sitting there looking at their houses leveled that just, there's nothing salvageable. Um, so we will need to pray pray about that, and we're going to do that, um, like we did yesterday. I think I, if I remember, I did it yesterday. We'll add that in in our prayer at the end of the episode. But without all that being said, and hey, what do you know? We've made it to the end of the week. Definitely a blessing. It's been an interesting week here, and it probably has for you as well. Um, it's fortunate enough that it's cool enough that I've got windows open upstairs and downstairs, trying to get nice cool breeze we're down in the upper 60s um overnight so when i get up at five in the morning it's down in the 60s and i'm able to get windows open and actually i throw a couple of small fans that we keep around for air circulation and i put them in the windows to suck the cold air in or cooler air in it's not cold but cooler air in so that's definitely been nice i mean even here up here in my office i'm actually back up in my office today instead of 
wandering around recording on my phone because um, we've, we've been able, you know, the dog problems are resolved and everything else is done and I'm not taking the day off. So I'm up here getting ready for work. So we're going to go ahead and go through my daily routine. And again, that's part of why I do this is I'm sharing my morning routine of immersing myself in prayer and devotion in the word of God with you so it can benefit us both. I wanted to share that. I know how beneficial it's been to me and I hope it will be that beneficial to you. So let's go ahead and read. And as has been our regular practice, uh, we start the morning with a couple of prayers. Well, three prayers, three or four, but today it's three prayers out of the Valley of Vision. Uh, again, as I indicated, those are um, Puritan prayers that were gathered together in this collection. Uh, definitely worth getting. If I remember right, the, the link for it um, is from Banner of Truth. Somebody actually gave this to me. So, um, But it's from the Banner of Truth. Um, and like I said, the, the link is in the show notes. So you can go get one. And it, it's, a, it's a great volume to have. Um, in your in your collection at home so and as has been our practice we're going to start with the first two being resting on god and grace and trials which i've found very very helpful in keeping myself godly centered in this crazy crazy world we're in and not letting anxiety stress depression fear or whatever run rampant um so that i truly as i walk i try to I, I, I get closer to walking like Christ when I'm immersed in these prayers and these prayers remind me each morning. So here we go. Resting on God. Oh God, most high, most glorious. The thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond. Thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee. Every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd. Hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. Amen. And grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I'm sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And now, sixth day morning, it's Friday, it's the sixth day of the week, so sixth day morning, it's called the Gospel. O Thou Most High, Creator of the ends of the earth, Governor of the universe, Judge of all men, Head of the church, Savior of sinners, 
Thy greatness is unsearchable, thy goodness infinite, thy compassions unfailing, thy providence boundless, thy mercies ever new. We bless thee for the words of salvation. How important, suitable, encouraging are the doctrines, promises, and invitations of the gospel of peace. We are lost, but in it thou hast presented to us a full, free, and eternal salvation. Weak, but here we learn that help is found in one that is mighty. Poor, but in him we discover unsearchable riches. Blind, but we find he has treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We thank thee for thy unspeakable gift. Thy Son is our only refuge, foundation, hope, confidence. We depend upon his death, rest in his righteousness, desire to bear his image. May his glory fill our minds, his love reign in our affections, his cross inflame us with ardor. Let us as Christians fill our various situations in life, escape the snares to which they expose us, discharge the duties that arise from our circumstances, enjoy with moderation their advantages, improve with diligence their usefulness, and may every place and company we are in be benefited by us. Amen. All right, that's our prayers for the day. And I'm going to take a drink of coffee here. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, good, good coffee. And I spaced it out right. Um, not tomorrow, either tomorrow or the next day, they're going to renew my subscription. That's what they call it. What, what they're going to do is they're going to ship me again, auto ship me again. My shipment of the Black Rifle Coffee Just Decaf. Um, and I've planned out right where I've only, I'm only coming to the end of the first bag. So I have the whole second bag to go between now and when it finally gets here, which per the last time was like the 12th of the month. So 12th, so it'll be 12th October fit to the 15th October. So I really tried to plan out right. So I would have enough to get through. <laughs> so, uh, that's what we're shooting for. So I'm very happy. I've got my coffee this morning. Um, though I did, did sleep okay last night, <clears throat> I, I was up and down a little bit, but boy, was I dreaming hard when I was asleep, which is usually a pretty good side for me. <clears throat> All right. So our Spurgeon devotional this morning from Spurgeon's morning and evening is the morning, September 30th article. <clears throat> and the scripture for this morning is Psalm 66, two. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. It is not left to our own options whether we shall praise God or not. Praise is God's most righteous due. And every Christian, as the recipient of his grace, is bound to praise God from day to day. It is true. We have no authoritative rubric for daily praise. We have no commandment prescribing certain hours of song and thanksgiving. But the law written upon the heart teaches us that it is right to praise God, and the unwritten mandate comes to us with as much force as if it had been recorded on the tables of stone or handed to us from the top of thundering Sinai. Yes, it is the Christian's duty to praise God. It is not only a pleasurable exercise, but it is the absolute obligation of his life. Think not ye who are always mourning that ye are guiltless in this respect, or imagine that ye can discharge your duty to your God without songs of praise. You are bound by the bonds of his love to bless his name so long as you live, and his praise should continually be in your mouth, for you are blessed in order that you may, be, may bless him. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. And if you do not praise God, you are not bringing forth the fruit which he, as the divine husbandman, has a right to expect at your hands. Let not your heart then hang upon the willows, but take it down and strive with a grateful heart to bring forth its loudest music. Arise and chant his praise. With every morning's dawn, lift up your notes of thanksgiving and let every setting sun be followed with your song. Girdle the earth with your praises. Surround it with an atmosphere of melody and God himself will hearken from heaven and accept your music. E'en so I love thee and will love and in thy praise will sing, because thou art my loving God and my redeeming King. There we go. 
he is definitely worthy of our praise and deserving of every bit of praise and prayer we offer. Um, I have to comment. <laughs> um, it is so much easier for me to read the Spurgeon from the website. Well, the way, the way it's laid out. Um, I know the last couple of days doing, um, the reading the Spurgeon downstairs and doing it from the hard copy because the way the hard copy is done and cause how small the print is, it's really hard not to be stilting reading through it. And I know it was not a good read. Um, this is so much easier. One, um, the site that I've, that I, the, that the links in the show notes, um, they actually break it into paragraphs. So it's, it's easier to, to visually determine how to read. Whereas the one in the hard copy is just kind of a block of words top to bottom on the page. Um, don't get me wrong. I love having the hard copy. And when you're reading it to yourself, it's great. I mean, believe me, because I can take it anywhere. I don't have to have a computer screen. I don't have to have my tablet or my phone. I can go sit out on my porch and sit there with it and read it. I can, um, I, last summer when we went to my in-laws, even though I had my electronics, I took my hard copies of my Valley of Vision and my Spurgeon's Morning and Evening and read from them there. So I didn't have to sit there with it, with a phone or a tablet in my hand or any of that, which I had both. Um, but it, it kept me from having to do that. And it, that was wonderful, actually. It was very nice. Um, but I did, I did notice this morning is getting back into reading from here versus reading from the hard copy. It, 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 I, I felt like it flowed better just now. Um, and you can comment on that if you wish. Um, you know, I, I mean, I realize I am, I am not a professional orator, no, nor um, am I a professional reader as is obvious by all the ums you're getting through this, though I've tried to script a little bit of this so it flows a little better. Um, and I've been preaching for the last five years, so I've gotten a little bit better of that at that. But reading like this is, is interesting. This is a new thing for me is sitting here and reading, especially reading for you to follow along with me. But so let me grab another drink of coffee here real quick. Mm, coffee. All right. So we're going to get into our Bible reading for this morning. Our Bible, our chapters are first Kings two. So we're getting into Solomon's reign and Galatians six, um, which is, is the last chapter of Galatians there, Ezekiel 33, Psalm 81 and 82. So first Kings two, then David's time to drop die drew near. So he commanded Solomon, his son saying, I'm going the way of all the earth, so you shall be strong and be a man, and you shall keep the responsibility given by Yahweh your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimony, testimonies according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may be prosperous in all that you do and wherever you turn, so that Yahweh may establish his promise which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons keep their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not have a man cut off from the throne of Israel. Now you also know what Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did to me, what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner, the son of Ner, and to Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he killed. He also shed the blood of war in peace, and he put the blood of war on his belt about his waist and on his sandals on his feet. So act according to your wisdom, and do not let his gray hair go down to Sheol in peace. But show loving kindness to the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For they assisted me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. Behold, there is with you Shmi, the son of Girah, the Benjamite of Baharim. Now it was he who cursed me with a violent curse on the day I went to Mahanaim. But when he came down to me at the Jordan, I swore to him by Yahweh, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. So, so now do not let him go unpunished, for you are a wise man, and you will know what you ought to do to him, and you will bring his gray hair down to Sheol with blood. Then David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the time which David reigned over Israel was forty years. In Hebron he reigned seven years, and in Jerusalem he reigned thirty-three years. And Solomon sat on the throne of David his father. 
and his kingdom was firmly established. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, and she said, Do you come peacefully? And he said, Peacefully. Then he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, Speak. So he said, You know that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel expected me to be king. However, the kingdom has turned about and become my brother's, for it was his from Yahweh. So now I am making one request of you. Do not turn me away. And she said to him, Speak. Then he said, Please speak to Solomon the king, for he will not turn you away, that he may give me Abishag the Shunammite as a wife. And Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak to the king for you. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah. And the king arose to meet her, bowed before her, and sat on his throne. Then he had a throne set for the king's mother, and she sat on his right. Then she said, I am making one small request of you. Do not turn me away. And the king said to her, Ask my mother, for I will not turn you away. So she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah your brother as a wife. Then King Solomon answered and said to his mother, And why are you asking Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him also the kingdom, for he is my older brother, even for him, for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. Then King Solomon swore by Yahweh, saying, May God do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah has not spoken this word against his own life. So now, as Yahweh lives, who has established me and set me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house as he promised, surely Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he fell upon him so that he died. Then to Abiathar the priest, the king said, Go to Anathoth, to your own field, for you deserve to die, but I will not put you to death at this time, because you carried the ark of Lord Yahweh before my father David and because you were afflicted in everything with which my father was afflicted. So Solomon drove Abiathar away from being priest to Yahweh, in order to fulfill the word of Yahweh, which he had spoken concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. Now the news came to Joab, for Joab had followed Adonijah, although he had not followed Absalom. And Joab fled to the tent of Yahweh, and took hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told to King Solomon that Joab had fled to the tent of Yahweh, and behold, he is beside the altar. Then Solomon sent Benaiah the son of Jehoiah, say, saying, Go fall upon him. So Benaiah, Benaiah came to the tent of Yahweh and said to him, Thus the king has said, Come out. But he said, No, for I will die here. And Benaiah brought the king word again, saying, Thus spoke Joab, and thus he answered me. And the king said to him, Do as he has spoken, and fall upon him, and bury him, that you may remove from me and from my father's house the blood which Joab shed without cause. And Yahweh will return his blood on his own head, because he fell upon two men more righteous and better than he, and killed them with the sword. But my father David did not know it. Abner the son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and Amasa the son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. So shall their blood return on the head of Joab, and on the head of his seed forever, but to David and his seed and his house and his throne, may there be peace from Yahweh forever. Then Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, went up and fell upon him and put him to death. And he was buried at his own house in the wilderness. And the king appointed Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, over the army in his place. And, king, and the king appointed Zadok the priest in the place of Abiathar. Then the king sent and called for Shemi and said to him, Build for yourself a house in Jerusalem and live there, and do not go out from there to any place. Now it will be on the day you go out and cross over the brook Kidron, that you will know for certain that you shall surely die. Your blood shall be on your own head. Shimei then said to the king, the, wor the word is good. As my lord the king has said, so your servant will do. So Shimei <clears throat> so lived in Jerusalem many days. But it, appeared, but it happened at the end of three years that two of the slaves of Shemi ran away to Akish, son of Makkah, king of Gath. And they told Shemi, saying, Behold, your slaves are in Gath. Then Shemi arose and saddled his donkey and went to Gath, to Akish, to search for his slaves. 
And Shimei went and brought his slaves from Gath. And it was told to Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had returned. So the king sent and called for Shimei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by Yahweh and solemnly warn you, saying, You will know for certain that on the day you go out and go anywhere, you shall surely die. And you said to me, The word which I have heard is good. Why then have you not kept the oath of Yahweh and the command which I have commanded you? The king also said to Shimei, You know all the evil which you acknowledge in your heart, which you did to my father David. Therefore Yahweh shall return your evil on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before Yahweh forever. So the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he went out and fell upon him so that he died. Thus the kingdom was established in the hands of Solomon. So I want to comment a little bit on this, and I, I know I don't like to interrupt the, the reading, but I have a tendency to want to comment. It's really easy to come in and read this chapter, and, uh, excuse me, and uh, think of Solomon as this beast that he's just coming in and cleaning the house. But you got to take this chapter in the context of everything that has gone on through First and Second Samuel and first kings one um you've got to take it in that context um you 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 know you even about like so david passes and then you've got adonijah making that request and you you know you sit there and go well shoot she was just david's nurse she was just david's nurse what's the big deal except adonijah had already tried to exert himself as king if solomon had given her over it would have undermined his kingship. It would have under, undermined his right as king since Adonijah is the older son, even though David had appointed Solomon and made clear and made clear that Yahweh had stated. They knew Yahweh had said Solomon will be son, will be king. So Adonijah asked for um, Abishag the Shunammite explicitly to undermine his brother. He knew it. And Solomon, being the wise man he was, at least wise at this point in his kingship, and we'll see, he falls. He 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 goes, and eventually, and and the kingdom gets ripped away from his son. We'll see that later on. But he knows, he knows, and this is the second time Adonijah has tried to undercut him. So he's deserving of the death. Thus, why he sent uh, Benaiah to kill him. It was justice. It was justice he did. So it's easy to sit there and go, God, what a beast. Gosh, what a beast. What a mean guy. But he's not. He's carrying out justice. And that is his job as king. Um, sending Ab Abiathar away from him makes sense. Abiathar was a priest. Abiathar knew that Solomon was appointed to be king. Yet he followed after Adonijah. He followed after the man who spoke pretty words to him and made him feel good and important. Even though David had taken Abiathar under his wing and had protected him after all the other priests had been wiped out. That's, you got to remember, all the other priests had been wiped out because David had just come through and talked to the to his father and the father had given him food and prayed for him. Done what he had always done. But David had taken him under his wing and protected him and provided for him. Yet, instead of following what he knew to be true, he followed after the worldly. He followed after the temporal. There was justice to be met out. So he sent Abiathar away. As far as Joab, I'm sorry, it's, you know, there, there are some good things that Joab did. Some things that, especially when Joab tried to call down David for certain things, they were good. And, and we got to remember, Joab, if I remember the genealogies right, Joab is, is a nephew of david he's the son of one of his, his brothers or sisters i actually i think it's a sister um along with asahel and i i can't remember the third brother but um the abishai maybe um but joab i the things he's done i mean like just the specific ones they call him out for for killing abiathar and for, or, or i'm sorry not kill, for ki killing abner of nerif the son the um Abner, the son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, um, who'd served Saul. And then Amasa. Amasa was one of, if I remember the genealogies right, 
Amasa was one of Joab's cousins, was another son of one of the siblings of David. And he killed him because he didn't want his place supplanted. So justice was being carried out here. And so we've got to remember that as much as it's easy to get, get all, especially in this world today, get all split up. Oh gosh, he's just so terrible. And he's slaughtering here and there and everywhere. No, he's carrying out justice. He's carrying out justice. All right. One of the, one of the things that, that, that was tough here. Um, so I'm going to digress for a minute and it's not going to have anything to do with the reading. Um, the one bonus of recording on my phone or had I been recording on my tablet for anchor. Um, cause that's, that's the, um, platform this is being recorded on. Obviously when I distribute it, when I publish it, um, it's through anchor and on your digital, on those, the smaller devices, you can record for as long as you want to within reason. But if you're recording through the, through the web, um, through the web interface, you can only do 30 minutes at a time. So I had to break there for a minute. So let's, let's get going. Let's continue on with our reading. So, and I, I know part of the reason it's taken so long is because I'm chattering. Um, that's okay. Um, it's my podcast. I guess I can do what I want to. Um, so Galatians 6, uh, Galatians 6, our last chapter in Galatians. Brothers, even if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness each of you looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing he deceives himself but each one must examine his own work and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another for each one will bear his own load and the one who is instructed in the word is to share in all good things with the one who instructs him do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. As many as are wanting to make a good showing in the flesh, these are trying to compel you to be circumcised, simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they want to have you circumcised, so that they may boast in your flesh. But may it never be that I would boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For neither is circumcision in anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And those who will walk in step with this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. In Ezekiel 33, um, this honestly is one of my favorite chapters, speaking of the watchman. And the word of Yahweh came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a, upon a land, and the people of the land take one man from among them, and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming upon the land, and blows on the trumpet, and warns the people. Then he who hears the sound of the trumpet, and does not take warning, and a sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood will be on himself. But had he taken warning, he would have escaped with his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. Now as for you, son of man, I have given you as a watchman for the house of Israel, so you will hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from your hand. But as for you, 
if you on your part warn a wicked man to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your life. Now as for you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have spoken, saying, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we are rotting away in them. How then can we live? Say to them, As I live, declares Lord Yahweh, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? Now as for you, son of man, say to the sons of your people, The righteousness of a righteous man will not deliver him in the day of his transgression. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he will not stumble because of it in the day when he turns from his wickedness. Whereas a righteous man will not be able to live by his righteousness on the day when he commits sin. When I say to the righteous, he will surely live, and he so trusts in his righteousness that he does iniquity, none of his righteous deeds will be remembered. But in that same iniquity of his which he has done, he will die. But when I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and he turns from his sin and does justice and righteousness. If a wicked man restores a pledge, pays back what he has taken by robbery, walks by the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he has done will be remembered against him. He has done justice and righteousness. He shall surely live. Yet the sons of your people say, The way of the Lord is not right. When it is their own way, that is not right. <clears throat> when the righteous turns from his righteousness and does iniquity, then he shall die in it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does justice and righteousness, he will live by them. Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not right. O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his way. Now it happened in the twelfth year of our exile, on the fifth of the tenth month, that those who escaped from Jerusalem came to me, saying, The city has been struck down. Now the hand of Yahweh had been upon me in the evening, before those who escaped came. And he opened my mouth at the time they came to me in the morning. So my mouth was opened, and I was no longer mute. Then the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, they who inhabit these waste places in the land of Israel are saying, Abraham was only one, yet he possessed the land. So to us who are many, the land has been given as a possession. Therefore say to them, Thus says Lord Yahweh, You eat meat with the blood in it, and lift up your eyes to your idols as you shed blood. Surely you then possess the land. You stand on account of your sword. You do abominations, and each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Should you then possess the land? Thus you shall say to them, Thus says Lord Yahweh, as I live, surely those who are in the waste places will fall by the sword, and whoever is in the open field I will give to the beast to be devoured, and those who are in the strongholds and in the caves will die of pestilence. I will make the land a desolation and a desecration, and the lofty pride of her strength will cease, and the mountains of Israel will be desolate so that no one will pass through. Then they will know that I am Yahweh, when I make the land a desolation and a desecration, because of all their abominations which they have done. But as for you, son of man, the sons of your people who talk about you by the walls and in the doorway of doorways of the houses, speak to one another, each to his brother, saying, Come now and hear what the word is which comes forth from Yahweh. <clears throat> they come to you as people come and sit before you as my people and hear your words. But they do not do them, for they do the lustful desires expressed by their mouth and their heart goes after their greedy gain. Behold, you are to them like a lustful song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. So when it comes to pass, behold, it is coming. Then they will know that a prophet has been in their midst. All right, Psalm 81. Let me take a drink of coffee. <clears throat> All right, Psalm 81. Sing for joy to God our strength. Make a loud shout to the God of Jacob. Lift up a song of praise. Strike the tambourine, the sweet-sounding lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. For it is a statute for Israel, a judgment of the God of Jacob. He established it for a testimony in Joseph. When he, when he went forth over the land of Egypt, I heard a language that I did not know. 
I relieved his shoulder of the burden. His hands were freed from the basket. <clears throat> you called in distress, and I rescued you. I answered you in the hiding place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify against you, O Israel, if you would listen to me. Let there be no strange God among you, and you shall not worship a foreign God. I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice, and Israel was not willing to obey me. So I released them over to the stubbornness of their heart, that they would walk in their own devices. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies, and I would turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate Yahweh would cower before him, and their time of punishment would be forever. But I would feed you with the finest of the wheat, and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. And now Psalm 82. God takes his stand in the congregation of God. He judges in the midst of God's. How long will you judge unrighteously and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Justify the afflicted and destitute. Protect the poor and needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. They do not know and do not understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, and all of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you will die like men and you will fall like any one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for it is you who will inherit all the nations. All right, and that's our reading for the day. Um, I decided to wait and comment on Ezekiel 33 till I was done reading. Maybe I'll try to do that more so I don't interrupt the reading so we just read straight through. Um, the reason Ezekiel 33 is one of my favorite um is because the the further along I go in my Christian walk, the further along I go in that walk of sanctification, as it's called, <clears throat> as it's called in theology, um, is because it, it's a command. And though it was in the Old Testament, and it was Ezekiel the prophet speaking to the nation of Israel, <clears throat> at the same time, wow, sorry, at the same time, when I read it, it speaks to me today. It, it should honestly speak to all Christians today, true Christians today, um, particularly to pastors and teachers. This is very, very clear here. The evangelist, which honestly, all of us should be evangelists. We're all called to it. Um, Matthew 28, 19 and 20 are very, very clear that we're all called to go out and make disciples. Therefore, we're all called to go out and evangelize. And part of that evangelism is we're that we're that um, watchman on the wall um, that he talks about here, um, where it talks about um, Ezekiel thirty-three verse two, and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman, and he sees his sword coming upon the land and blows on the trumpet and warns the people. Then he who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, and a sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. That's the thing. If you are truly a child of Christ, then you know you are called to be an evangelist. You know you are called, if you're called to be a preacher, teacher, but you know you're called to take the gospel to all the nations, as uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20 says, to take the gospel to all the nations. And part of that gospel, as much as it's good news, it's also warning. Part of the gospel is a warning that we are sinful we are fetid pond scum, as as my buddy's email address says. We, we we are we are convicted already. We are convicted already, and <clears throat> and our and our sentence is eternity facing the wrath of God. And so we're those watchmen. We have to provide the warning. It's it's like I've always talked about that. God's wrath is the freight train barreling down the tracks and we're standing in the middle. And well, and those we are ministering to, we used to be the ones standing in the middle of it. Now they're the ones standing in the middle of it. <clears throat> and it's not loving to stand there on the side, telling people that they're good people as the wrath of God bowls them over for eternal eternity. 
And what Ezekiel here says, what Yahweh says to Ezekiel is then the blood is on our hands. Well, I don't want the blood on my hand. You even see Paul talk about that, that your blood is not on my hands. Um, I think he said that when he was talking, and I, I may be wrong, but I think he said that when he's talking to the Ephesian elders, um, it's in Acts, but he, he comes by Miletus and has them come down to him and he speaks to him um, as he's on his way back to Jerusalem where he ends up getting arrested and all that. Um, that he speaks, he says, your blood's not on my hand. I spent all this time giving you the good news of the gospel, giving you the warnings, being that watchman on the wall. I've been that guy. Paul says that there. I've been that guy. That's why Ezekiel 33 hits me like that. We're the watchman. If we're truly saved, we're the watchman. And it's not loving to not warn people. That That is that is just ridiculous. It's it's. And I'm sorry, this is harsh, but it's stupid. It is stupid to think that we're loving by not telling them the truth about what their what their eternity is. It is ridiculous for us to to think that that's loving. We show the most love when we warn them of what their eternity is and show them the way away from that then their blood is no longer on our hands or theirs because they've turned because they come to a saving faith in Christ that sets them to do that. That's what we're called to do. That's love. And there are way too many out there and way too many in the pulpit and in the classroom that do not, that are not showing the spine to adhere to what, Yahweh says to Ezekiel here they're not being the watchman on the wall they are too busy trying to be the buddy buddy glad handing um, used car salesman friend and not give the truth of the gospel not give the warning along with along with the gift you've got to give both I, and that was a thing I, I when I was being raised um, and going to church Pastors kept talking about, oh, Jesus was this great guy and he was our savior and yada, 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 yada. But they would never talk about why I needed a savior in the first place. I mean, they would talk about it nebulously, but it was never a personal, you're a sinner. By nature, you're a sinner. And without that savior, you're facing an eternity in hell, an eternity under the wrath of God. They would never say that. And while I loved them and I think they cared for me in a general sense, true love would have been them telling me the truth that would bring me to that point of humility and realization of that total radical depravity of it within my own self and why I needed that Savior and that that Savior was the only answer. And that's why I bring it to you. You and I, outside of the grace of God, are radically depraved. We are depraved in every fiber of our being. We have no ability to do good. We have no ability to be righteous enough to earn our way into heaven, to earn our way out from under the wrath of God, which we deserve and will get outside of salvation in Christ. So I'm telling you right now, you want to be saved. You want to be saved. And Jesus Christ is the only way. So I would beg you, I, I would beg you to please, please get on your knees and beg God's forgiveness. Beg him to send the Holy Spirit to do a work of regeneration in you and to bring you to a saving faith in Christ. Because that is your only salvation. That is your only, that is your only way to not face the wrath of God on your own. To have Christ go, he's mine, she's mine. Okay, so enough ranting and raving. We're going to go ahead and pray. <clears throat> and as I said at the beginning, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray for those um, that, have, that are facing this Hurricane Ian. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us this time to get back together this morning. Um, I'm so very, very grateful that you've given us this time. And thank you for allowing us to share this time together in your word. Dear Lord, I would hope that that what I've said today, both re in reading your word and the prayers of the devotion and what I've said of myself, 
would be helpful to those who hear for those who are saved would remind them of what their duty is and, and would help shore up their walk and for those who are not saved lord it, that it would bring them to a point where they would go to their knees where they would bring their sins to the foot of the cross and leave them there and mortify them and would turn to you and would beg your forgiveness and would beg you to do a work of regeneration in their hearts lord dear lord we would also pray this morning that you would watch over and care for those who have already been impacted by hurricane ian and those that are going to be impacted um, as it circles out in the atlantic and comes back into the east coast at least last that i saw that it would lord the pictures we've seen are just devastating to see what has happened to these people um lord and and, and yeah yeah people will go oh well you live in florida you knew this was coming that doesn't matter that the, the horrificness of losing your home losing your car a poor lady walking out from a from a housing area where she lived pulling along what's left of her goods in a trash can in a rolling trash can and that's all she has left and in, in that story she had lost her husband not two months before and then the, for this to happen and you know it, it just it hammers home and lord we would pray that you would physically take care of them of course that you would provide them both a grace and a peace as they go through this that you would provide them strength to stand up to what's going on but lord we would also pray that this would be a moment this would be a time that you would be glorified that you, glory would be brought to you that those who are those who are truly christians that those who are saved in these areas would stand up and shine your light in those areas um, through works of charity works of assistance works of love and works of bringing your gospel to to those that are not saved and lord for those that are unsaved that it would bring them to a point that they would turn to you that they would ask for forgiveness and that they would come to a saving faith in christ dear lord we pray that in your name amen all right i know this has been a pretty long episode but hey it's a friday episode um i i hope it was helpful to you um i will let you know i'm i'm truly thinking about um pre-recording saturday and sunday because i got a lot i need to do but i want to make sure we do saturday and sunday together so i may um do a pre pre-record um saturday and sunday tonight saturday morning and sunday morning so i can have something out um tomorrow morning and sunday morning with you so we can do those readings um together and uh but i hope you have a wonderful day um i hope you're set up to have a wonderful weekend and uh again as i've been saying when you go out into the world today with everything you do do it for the glory of god have a good one god bless Thank you.